I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. LeBondra looking to get side of Vaughn. LeBondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Elm Park Royals podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. I am Alex, your host, here to talk through Carlisle 1, Reading 3. Joining me today after a mammoth 600-mile round trip to basically what is Scotland is Eric. How are you this morning? Yeah, still buzzing. What a great uh, away day. Absolutely beautiful drive up through the through the peaks there, the snowtop peaks up into nearly Scotland and uh, obviously a good result, good performance. And somebody who decided to join us in Carlisle, despite missing his pickup yesterday morning because he forgot to set an alarm, Matthew Lansley. Well done on setting your alarm for this morning. Good morning. Thank you very much. I I just see it as I got an extra hour and a half in bed personally. I thought I was winning, but it, it it was a long journey up. It was it it was it was ample punishment, I think, for for uh, missing the alarm. Thankfully, you haven't missed this morning's alarm, which is much more important, I think. Let's get into the game. Yesterday, we made one change, Matt, with Michael Cray coming in for Charlie Savage in central midfield. Did it make sense yesterday to just make that one change? Um. I think Craig and Savage are much of a muchness at this point. I, like, I, th- I think, I think Savage is better against those weaker teams. But you know, I think y- you can kind of change them in and out quite freely now. I think you know they 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 do offer a little bit different each from you know we've said it before. Craig is a little bit more defensive. He he enforces that midfield a bit. He let he enables wing to go forwards a bit. But Savage can pick up the ball. He can carry it a bit more and kind of I guess be a bit more creative against those weaker teams. Um, I'm not overly disappointed. I, I, I don't think with, with, with either that, that I see at the moment, especially after yesterday's performance. You know, I think Savage has probably edged the performances of late, but you've got to say Craig yesterday was was fantastic. Um, given his recent performance as well, have kind of been a bit bit subpar, you might say, um, which is credit to obviously how well he's done of late. But um, but but yeah, yeah, I think Craig was very good in the first half yesterday, particularly. Um, Second half was a bit quieter, but I think that kind of comes with the territory of, you know, once you're ahead in the game, his role becomes a bit more diminished. Eric, the first, what, 15 minutes or so, it was pretty even. Carlisle had a couple of opportunities where they looked like they they were coming forwards, but they never really created an actual chance. We looked like we were going to create chances as well. Um, It was pretty end-to-end, I think, actually, despite no chances being created. Yeah, I think we, we needed a bit of time to settle into the game. They they had a couple of dangerous crosses early on, I seem to remember. And uh, it was a little bit end-to-end. But then as the game progressed, um, we we then obviously took control. But I think, yeah, that first 15 minutes, we weren't... We were in the away end, obviously, um, with, should be mentioned, 1,380 of us, which was really good, considering it was Carlisle. We weren't that comfortable, I wouldn't say, in the first uh, 15 minutes or so. 
yeah, 1380 yesterday was a ridiculously, uh, you know, good following for what is easily the furthest away trip of the season. Um, I know a lot of it, it probably comes because it's Carlisle and it's, what, 40 years or something since we've played them. But it's still impressive all the same, right? I mean, it's going to be one of our larger away followings this season. So it was good to good to get three points there, certainly. Uh, you're right in terms of the, you know, both teams needed time to settle in. I think some of those early crosses were a little bit concerning because it, it did feel like the game had one of those the team which scores first is gonna you know put the pressure on the uh on the opposition um that the first goal did come after just after 15 minutes i think it was about 16 17 minutes and we before this actually had hit the post through sam smith just a, maybe a minute earlier and mm-hmm. I, I think it was harvey nibs played through sam smith um pretty much from the halfway line and Sam Smith found the space in between the two centre-backs and was through on goal. But should he do better on the one-on-one here? Or has the keeper, you know, worked himself into a good position? Look, I think whenever you're in a one-on-one situation as a striker, you're going to want to score it, aren't you? I think I think Smith is probably going to want that one back. I think you've got to give a bit of credit to the keeper. He, um, he, he stands his ground well. You know, he doesn't he doesn't move back into his goal. Um, you know, he stays he stays nice and forward and kind of makes it a much harder chance for Smith because even though it's a one on one, he forced him to have the shot from about twenty five yards. You know, um, I think I, I think you've got to kind of credit what what the keeper is able to do there. Um, you, you know, um, but you know, on the flip side, like I say, I think I think Smith is going to be ruining it a bit. He could have had a few goals yesterday, and um, you know, he he could have really really got the game going there but it didn't take too much too much longer did it i mean it's a fantastic goal for for smith that he scores a cute little finish it's a lovely lovely ball from um from lewis wing how many times have we said that this season you know with with lewis wing the little dink over the top to smith um and a really smart finish from from smith really just you know t- tucks it in i think the keeper's expecting a bit of a lob over him because it's bouncing um but it's just a brilliant all-round goal you know and it kind of it calmed the nerves a bit because whenever you see a one-on-one missed um like like smith did you're always a bit jittery aren't you but seeing smith go and do that straight after you know it was a it was a top top goal go on eric throw out the uh lewis wing love here because the assist was kind of ridiculous yeah i just uh, i i've just been saying now for a couple of weeks i've been on the pod a few times since obviously coming back and every week i seem to be complimenting lewis wing and i think he's just playing at a level above and I want to start start the campaign for for Lewis Wing for Player of the Season early. I think he's in there. the The Player of the Season award tends to go to the the the, the players that score the goals, but I actually think Lewis Wing is our most important player at this point. I think he's our most influential player, and he would be he the has biggest. Scored player. some good goals as well, though. To be fair to him, and of course he's added some goals. Yeah, but actually, he's on his influence on the play is far above and beyond, and I think. He he's certainly in the running for player of the season. If you think about who's up there with him, probably Tyler Binden, the way he's played, especially since the turn of the year. Smith, and then obviously Nibs, Aziz, there's loads of people who've Smith, got a chance to be yeah. up there. Alex and I had this conversation on the way home yesterday because, like, we were talking about who's who's our favourite player within within this Reading FC squad. You know, and I mean, I guess you can look at you can look at you know. Well, I think I think we both said that. Wing is, you know, by far and away most talented, you know, and probably the best player in this team. But 
you know, I think I, I, I think Harvey Nibs is uh, is has, has got a showing in that in that player of the season race just because of how liked he is in the fan base. You know, everyone seems to just love him quite rightly. You know, he just seems I don't to know. get if, it. If, if Lewis Wing has a few more few more games like yesterday, he's got a chance. But saying that, you know, Harvey Nibs also had a good game yesterday. So I think it's going to be a very competitive race for player of the season for once. Instead of just a one, you know, one horse one horse race right at the end of the season and somebody just walking away with it, it might actually be quite close, which is uh, really nice. We continued the first half. We didn't create a ton of chances in that first half um, between the first and second goal, Matt. But Andy Yeardon turned into prime Cafu. Oh, run. It's this run is just sensational from Yeardon. You know, I, I, I could watch this run a number of times. Assist of the season, quite possibly. You know, I think for for, for Andy Yeardon here, you know, uh, just it's the it's the step over. If you can watch it back, if you can watch this goal back, that number twenty two, he might have just had his career ruined and career finished because the way he's just stopped, he gets sold so well on the little step over to to the inside. Yeardon takes it to the outside and just watches reaction. He just stands there and watches. I guess what else can you do? When that happens to you, it sometimes happens to me down at five aside, and you just got to look at it and just think, yeah, fair enough. Um, but I mean, it's a fantastic run, it's a fantastic assist, and I mean, it's nice seeing us score a little, little cutting cross back, to be honest. You know, um, just so many times we've we've tried stuff like this, normally they're fizzed out from the outside, but it's a lovely run to the byline from from Yeardum. Do you often come up against Cafu at five aside, or sorry? So do you often come up against Prime Cafu in Father Side, or is it just all like the time. you know? All no, the time. all the time. It's Biggest, definitely yeah. not. It's definitely not down to my my ability that causes no, that. I didn't, you know? didn't think it would be. <laughs> it was great to see uh, Harvey Nibs get a goal, Eric, because I think you know that early pass through to Smith. It, I think he had a couple of other like really decent moments in the game outside of the goals that he scored as well. Um, yeah. he was kind of all over the place yesterday, as particularly in kind of after the first goal. Yeah, I think Harvey Nibs has been fantastic. Um, he's our top scorer as well now. Um, well, yeah, he has been for a little while, but he's hit double figures. That's what I meant to say. Double figures in league goals for the season, which is brilliant. And yeah, he was probably man of the match, would you say, yesterday? Um, he was absolutely everywhere. He he was running right until the last minute. And um, yeah, obviously for the first goal, Half of the players went over and celebrated with, with Yeardon, rightly so, for the assist. But the other half went and celebrated with Nibs. And then um, he, he had a really good game. Yeah, I would say he was probably my man of the match. Absolutely fantastic. And you could you could see how much he, he really enjoys the adulation from the fans, right? He, <laughs> he loves that kind of interaction, which is really nice. Because actually having a player that wants to connect with the fans is, is quite nice and refreshing. I saw a stat yesterday evening on the way back from Carlisle, which was that Harvey Nibs only needs another three or four, I think it was three or four, I can't remember the exact number, but it was three or four goals to match his Cambridge United goal tally for the entirety of the time that he was there. And he was there for four years. Yeah, which really highlights like, what a good season he's having. Yeah, I think he played out on the wing for Cambridge quite a lot. He'd play like a, an attacking midfielder out on the wing, whereas for us, he tends to be that second striker, like plays like a number 10 uh, almost, but he can kind of have a bit of a free role at times in in the attacking phases and he turns up all over the place and obviously more importantly turns up 
in dangerous areas like he showed for both the goals yeah his finishing has improved a lot as well i think because he one of the things that we i mean one of the things that we definitely criticized harvey nibs for particularly at the start of the season was the fact that his finishing seemed really just quite weak um but i mean the finishing when we look at the goal we'll come on to it but we look at the second goal he scored and we look at some of the goals he scored in the last kind of couple of months actually his finishing has been pretty good and uh it, it definitely feels like he's improved as a player over the last six months or so which goes for you know a number of the players really um Femi Aziz is one as well Harvey Nibs is another I, I would argue you know Michael Craig has improved massively Tyler Binden there's so many of them who've actually improved and when you compare this to last season and one of the things that we you know whinged about for the last couple of years is the fact that none of the players are actually improving under us they're just they're playing they're not being coached necessarily um this this team at the minute still really, really young nibs like like, yeah, like when you look at his age 25. he's still well he's 24 he'll be 25 by the end of the season but he's still 24 you know so like there's there's still so much growth available in them but like you say alex like we've been so almost devoid of managers actually improving players um whilst they've been here you know paul lintz you know you probably couldn't even couldn't even mention one player that that, 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 that he improved um paulo you you could maybe say that you know he brought through the likes of elise but you know you're talking two three years back at this point it's I it's also just think really... the thing with, but let's be honest, the thing with Elise is he has a like massive natural talent, very obvious yeah. talent straight away, right? Yeah, so, no, definitely. I think one of the things, obviously, to mention with that is that when you look at the club and the way that it's been run over the last, what, six, seven years now, one of the things that we've obviously struggled with, Eric, with, you know, not improving players is the fact that we haven't really ever then had players who've gone on to be able to be sold for more money. I mean, you look at maybe John Swift, Liam Moore, maybe Yakumate could have gone for more money than we bought them for. But so many of the players over the last six or seven years, we bought them and then it was like that was the peak of their value. Yeah, you show it's a real mismanagement by the club. And you, you we, I talked about this uh, in the car on the way home. You look at how we were run back in the 106 days and we had we bought players from lower leagues and and random places people like shory and murty and we had we got sidwell and harper out of arsenal and then they all had resale value whereas look at who we bought sort of a bit later on shawnee aluko uh, when he was 28 or something for huge money we bought pushkas who obviously didn't turn out to to be a very good signing in the end and just all these players that you buy them and then there's no resale value which is just it's just bad business sense whereas if you look at what we're trying to do now, obviously, we've got an embargo, so we're picking players up on a free, which is kind of forced. But actually, the likes of Nibs, the likes of Smith, uh, the likes of Binden, you would imagine that actually that there's some resale value there. If we, if we, if we do continue to do well, there's going to be clubs higher up that will look at those players for sure, uh, as well as then still using the academy with the likes of Aziz and those types of players to to bring through, and it just makes so much more sense and. It shows that hopefully the club is 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 turning. I think I don't think it's thanks to the, to the leadership at the moment. I think it's it's forced because of the embargoes. Uh, but hopefully, when the new owner comes in, if a new owner comes in, then we can get a bit better. Matt, what did you want to add? I was just going to add: don't get attached to it to 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 players. It's, no, it's, that's it's it. Gonna be, it's going to be a sad, sad time, isn't it? Because you know, I think we we we, we all know some of these players are probably going to have to be shift, shifted on at some point because we're going to have to. We've not done that for 
you know, six, seven, eight plus years right at this point. It's already um, happening. Nelson Abbey, for example. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's, it's a shame, but it's just the way that the club has been run. And uh, it's, it's the way that League One works. If, you, if you're a good player, you don't hang around in League One for that long. Like, yeah, that's just how and, it works. Yeah. Enjoy I think like, here. Yeah. And it's it's actually nice, though, to to have a squad of players that you can get attached to. Because <laughs> actually, under under Innsbruck, you know, it was quite hard. I found it quite hard to relate to the team and, and have a favourite player in the squad. Whereas now, the ones we mentioned and the ones that we've been calling out, Binden Wing, Aziz, Smith, Nibs, they're, they're all likeable characters. So it's nice. For sure. And I mean, you mentioned Aziz in that list and he almost made it 3-0 before half-time, Eric. And uh, this was a ridiculously good set. I think it was the last, pretty much the last kick of the half. And Carlisle were, I would say, on their knees at this point because Reading really looked like they could basically score at will almost. And Aziz picks up the ball on the left-hand side after a through ball, pushes it kind of like to the left-hand side of the area. Um, hits it across the face of the keeper who gets down and makes a, a you know pretty good one-handed save um, in the far corner. And it, it quite easily could have been 3-0 before half-time, were it not for that. And it and it wouldn't have been undeserved. I say we had Smith to hit the post, we had some other chances, and and yeah, the, the, the keeper deserved some credit. It was a great save. And it was literally the last kick of the first half, wasn't it? So... Um, or was there a corner after? I can't remember, but it was right towards the end. And uh, yeah, fantastic, <clears throat> fantastic save from the keeper. And you think three nil at half time, it, the game would have been dead and buried. Whereas two nil, you think, okay, they get a goal back, then you're all of a sudden you're a little bit nervous. So it was a big moment for for them, I think, to, to still have a chance. But we we dominated after that first fifteen minutes. We dominated and rightly with two nil up. I'll be honest, like that. The start of the second half, Reading basically came back out, Matt, and it it was one-way traffic for the first 25 minutes or so of the second half. Yeah, yeah. They're, 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 well, I, I, think, I think the very first attack went to Carlisle, um, and that was pretty much it. Um, you know, I think they, they, they lumped it forward. I think they had one very, very minor chance, and then it, it was just a continuation. It felt, it felt really comfortable, which is weird at an away game and weird watching Reading FC, obviously, away. Um, because I mean, one thing to say is that I think yesterday, obviously, we can praise Reading a lot in this, but it's very, very obvious why Carl are bottom of the table based on yesterday. They struggled so much. Um, it, it wasn't a, it, it really was a case. I know the the comments from Paul Simpson earlier in the week were about like us having championship level players and stuff, but it, it really was like a a case of not men versus boys, but it, it was like watching two teams in different leagues because Carlisle struggles just... so much in terms of things like even simple stuff like ball control. But you can see there's zero confidence in that team. It, it really was reminiscent of watching kind of like Reading in the Premier League under Brian McDermott and just basically struggling against teams with more technical ability than them. I said it to the chap next to me. The only quality really that I saw in that Carlisle team was actually from their keeper. Who made a couple of really good saves um, and probably kept it, kept kept the score lower than it should have been because I really don't think it would have been unfair had it been five or six. To be honest, Carlisle are up there, you know, with with Shrewsbury, you know, this this season for worst teams that I've seen play against us. I know Shrewsbury have beaten us twice, but they they're, they're up there with with them for me, you know, with with, with worst teams. They just lack 
any sort of quality. I mean, there was that point, I think it was after we went 3-0 up, where, where, where there was about a five-minute um, period of play where the centre-backs must have made about five or like five to ten dreadful passes and touches just out of play. And they're almost just looking around just like, well, what, 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 what can I do that? Well, keep the ball in play. Don't, you know, don't, don't, don't take such a heavy touch. Takes it straight out of play. It, yeah. Like they've got a lot of work really to do next year. I feel to kind of stick in league two. I know we had the conversation on the way back, Alex. Well, was, kind yeah. Of... We, we had, we met with a car, uh, a friend of mine who's a Carlisle fan pre-game and, and he texted me afterwards and he said like we're gonna have we're gonna have to make some changes over summer in order just to not make sure that we don't slide down the table next year in league two and could we kind of like we laughed at it a bit in the car on the way back but actually when you look at teams in league one you don't really consider the fact that a lot of these not a lot but there's definitely some like Forest Green for example have really struggled this year um in league two and it's it isn't a case of like you drop from league two, league one to league two, and you just automatically are, are near the top of the table because the difference in quality between the two, especially at the top of the, the league versus the bottom of league one, isn't that different. So you can easily find yourself sitting in like mid table in league two very, very easily if you haven't, you know, improved. So yeah, he's, he, I think he's a little concerned that they're going to have to go through quite a lot of recruitment and basically rip up that back line. Um, but Moving back to the football, Eric, 3-0 came, 55 minutes, I think it was. Reading were all over the Carlisle goal at this point. And uh, a brilliant ball in from Femi Aziz down in front of the Reading fans. And Harvey Nibs gets his second goal. Yeah, it was um, it was funny because I was stood next to you, Alex, and you said 3-0. And I said, I wish you'd stop doing that because a corner came in and it bounced back out. And I said, I wish you'd stop doing that. For then Aziz to put the ball straight into Nibs to score, which was great because it was great celebrations. Um, I'll take full credit for that one. A bit of credit to you, yeah, because you you called it. Um, but actually, what I would like to say is great run by Nibs to run to the near post ahead of his man, and a great cross by Aziz. Nibs only really had to put his foot on it and 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 redirect it a little bit. It, the, the 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 cross was was really good and it was inviting, and. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a great goal. And then obviously, fantastic celebrations, Harvey Nibs in front of the Reading fans. I think there was a, um, a Harvey Nibs banner that someone had in the crowd that they were holding up, which there were some photos of, which looked really good and uh, great celebrations. It was great that we could see a goal down the end where we were sat. The end, which was extending beyond the edge of the pitch because <laughs> they, they planned to move the pitch down in the stadium, but actually they didn't do the move in the end. So the end of the stand extended beyond the end of the pitch which was a little bit strange um but it was yeah nevertheless really good to see a goal in front of um in front of us which was really nice and uh and uh i think well deserved again three nil i think we need to get some justice for uh for harvey nibs because jude bellingham is doing harvey nibs a massive disservice stealing his celebration I, I'm, I'm not going to hear that it's the jude bellingham it's the harvey nibs you know no, copyright claiming coming there from Harvey Nibs, if I'm honest. That is, uh, he can't be getting away with this for much longer. And also, chaps, uh, Harvey Nibs yesterday had a brace and a really good game. Jude Bellingham got sent off. So, you know, who would you rather have? Who's the real MVP, right? You know. There you go. Um, I mean, one thing we have discussed before, um, Alex, as well, is kind of Nibs's, not quality, but kind of his impacts in away games. 
it was just so nice seeing Nibs kind of come to the fore in a game like yesterday, away from home, grab a couple of yeah. goals, could have had a few assists on another day. Um, he basically dominated the game, really, didn't he? Um, yeah, and totally. so often in away games, we think, guy oh, he doesn't really tend to get into games. And I think one of the things about yesterday is that he got into the game because Sam Smith got into the game. Uh, one of the things that you, uh, it's the same, it was very similar. I've, I said it to the person who stood next to us about the way that Sam Smith got into the game was the fact that the, the I almost said Shrewsbury there, but it was basically the same thing. The Shrewsbury players last week um, let Sam Smith kind of drift away from them. So often over the last couple of months, defenders have basically had their arms like wrapped around, uh, you know, wrapped around Smith and he hasn't been able to get into the game as much. But whereas last week and yesterday, Smith drifts away from the defender. He gets the space, so he's actually able to bring the ball in, and he's not able. He doesn't have to just flick the ball on or, or find his, you know, dragged down by a defender. Um, he was helped with it by a defensive line, though, that was almost pretty much in different postcodes at times when they were up the field and back. Yeah, the, <laughs> I mean, if you watch the first goal back, like literally, you could split that defense into right and left. One half of it is stayed deep, and one half of it has come forwards, and it's just a mess. So um, but it, it helps Nib so much when Smith is able to come off as a defender a bit um, because Nibs then is in the game straight away. And, I mean, uh, yeah, Eric's just put a point in our, in our chat here about the fact that when we win midfield, we then end up winning the game. And the fact that Nibs is in the game means that we're much more likely to win that midfield battle um, because you then can bring, you know, once Nibs is in the game, it, it unlocks players like Aziz out wide. It unlocks, you know, yeah, it unlocks quality, wing behind it? Nibs. Um, you can leave, you can leave Savage or Craig sitting deeper. And I think that central core that we've got, when they play well together, we we win game. We could beat anybody in the league. I think. I know we obviously lost against Portsmouth, who were top of the league, but yeah. I think we can beat anybody in the league when that central three plays well. When when Nibs. Wing and Savage or Craig are playing well together. Uh, yeah, I, I was just going to say, I think the, the real big difference there is actually the energy. Like they all, the, those three, either Craig or Savage with Wing and, and and Nibs, they bring so much energy to the press. They never stop running. And we tend to, I've seen it since coming back, some of the games, we've really overrun the other team in midfield. And then that then unlocks, like you said, Alex, some of the other players further forward. So I really really like seeing Nibs play in that number 10 role and then dropping into midfield for the press. And he presses up high with Smith at times. He sticks in that deeper role at times to, to, to press. And it just helps us win the ball a bit higher up the pitch, which then either allows us to build attacks or to hit the other team on a bit of a counter-attack. So, yes, yeah, it's working really well. And obviously, all of this that we've just discussed is credit to the coaching staff for picking those players and also that formation. And that formation seems to be working well for us at the moment. And you'd argue, you know, since the turn of the year, we've been competitive in pretty much every game. I think one of the things that Nib said after his um, after like his post match interview yesterday was the fact that everyone gets it now. The players get it. They know what the formation is. They know what the style is. They know what their roles are. So it's it's not a case that the the players are learning now. They they know what they're doing in terms of this formation and this style of football, um, which I think is obviously, you know, enabling the performances to be much, you know, much better um, because we're not we're not sitting watching players who are trying to still understand how to, to how to play the system as it were because they all 
they'll get it at this point. They've been coached into it. The 10 minutes, Matt, after the goal, I reckon might be some of the most, I don't want to say best because we didn't score, but it was certainly some of the most fun football that I've seen Reading play. The They just looked all of a sudden like they were the most confident players I've ever seen. They At that moment, between, I don't know what minute it was, like 55 and 65, they could have taken on literally any team in the world in that 10 minutes with the confidence yeah. that they had. Every time yeah. they got the ball it, within 30 yards, a pair picked it up and they were the first thing they were thinking was, I'm going to run towards the goal and get a shot away. Yeah, you know, and uh, well, just after that, just after the um, uh, the third goal, the chap next to me said it's going to be five, you know, and I mean, you looked at what was going on before. You you wouldn't have um, <clears throat> you wouldn't have kind of betted against that. You know, Ear Bisherman had a great chance that was kind of, I guess, luckily kept out. Kind of, it went through the keeper's legs, but kind of, he was able to get get something on it which took it wide. It's just nice being being at an away game, being able to enjoy it because even the away wins that we've had this season have been one goal or one goal wins. You know, this just felt like it just felt like a quality apart. You know, and I think. Oh, the, the the midfield ran the show yesterday. It really did. Like you talk about the midfield winning, winning the battle yesterday. It, they, they they'd, they'd won it after twenty minutes, and it just continued through the game pretty much. Carlisle had nothing in that midfield, and that freedom that that actually gave us to go forwards. And I mean, once once you're once you're three nil up, that just you know extends really right because they've got the confidence. They know that they're almost definitely winning that game. Um, and I think the players were having fun as well. You know, you look, you, you you looked at like some of the things they were doing. Yeardham was 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 doing fa- fancy fancy flicks around the corner. There was a few LAs going around and everything. You know, it was just it was really really fun. Um, of course, you knew Carlisle were going to come back into it at some point. You know, they had to. They pretty much chucked five six players forward at every opportunity at that point. But you know, um, we I, mean, I think you when, say obviously that Kelvin always scored, but. And we've gone through obviously the three goals now. Kelvin almost scored. Aziz mm-hmm. almost scored with that shot that Eric was talking about just before half time. Sam Smith then almost scored Eric. Another another goal uh, from a header which went a very very close, just wide of the post. We and created so many big chances yesterday. Yeah, if you look at the the stats, um, I, I had the stats up before the game. Carlisle only had one shot on target. They, they they won the shots off target, so 13 to 11. But on target, it was eight against one. And this is a bit like what I was saying against Shrewsbury. I think we only had one shot on target in the second half and we were punished. Yesterday, we had eight shots on target, plus Smith hitting the post, which doesn't count as a shot on target. And we've scored three goals. We could have easily, like Matt said a bit earlier, scored five or six. Um, they, they had one shot on target and it went in. I'm guessing it was the one that went in, so... Um, it's quite telling. And um, yeah, like you, you both said, both of you chaps, it was so much fun being at away day, being a couple of goals up, singing the songs and just enjoying the football. It was really nice. It's, it's been a long time coming, especially for you two. have <laughs> been to a lot of away games in the last few years. So it's well deserved turgid. for you both. <laughs> the three I mean, little birds. It, it was, it was good because... It was good because, like, you, you you started thinking, like, well, with three nil up, maybe take Smith off, rest his legs, bring Wareham on. You know, you could have made changes in the midfield. I mean, I guess Sellers kept it the same because it was it was working, it was going well. Why change things right when things are going well? But you know, you're almost thinking, you know, to 
you know, start, start, start resting, resting players, which again, how many times have we, have we said that in Reading games, not even like away games of, 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 you know, the last few years, never. Um, yeah, I, I, I just hope that, that, that they take this confidence forward because you look at, look at that midfield, how they won, how they won the battle and kind of, you know, allowed, Smith and Aziz and Ear Bishman to kind of play how they did. And I, I think it was probably one of Ear Bishman's poorer games yesterday, but, you know, he still he still could have scored. Um, but that, that that midfield, you know, that that really gave it the platform to kind of go forwards, you know, in 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 this in this game. Hopefully they can take the confidence because you look at you look at the, the, the three of them in the middle. It's probably one of one of the better. I wouldn't say the best, but, you know, you're probably looking at a top eight, top six midfield maybe maybe i'm getting ahead of myself there maybe i don't know but you know i think i think they're that they're a good combination i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Carlisle did score, which takes a little tiny bit of shine off it, I think, yesterday, Eric. Um, it's a decent header from the centre-back, Mellish. I don't really think there's anything Button can do about it. They're, you know, no. they've won the ball pretty cleanly in the area for the for the header. Um, what, what I'm more upset about is the foul leading up to it. It was a little bit sort of uh, just a bit looked, unnecessary, wasn't it? Yeah, it looked to me like it was a foul in real time. I haven't seen it back, which felt really needless because it was not really a dangerous situation. And Molas just yanked their player down. So straight away you think, okay, a little bit unnecessary. Um, and then, yeah, I, it was a good cross, good header. I don't think there's a lot you could do about it from a from a defensive point of view. It's just one of those where it was right on the money and the header is from quite close range and it hits the bar and goes in. So it's, yeah, it takes the shine off a tiny bit. But again, at the end of the game, did any of us care? Not particularly. <laughs> Not hugely, no. And I, I think, you know, that given how much they threw, threw forwards once they went 3-0 down, it felt inevitable that they were at least going to get one chance. Um, the fact that they've scored. Yes, it's a little bit frustrating that we didn't keep a clean sheet, but uh, I mean, we've still got the three points and really that's what matters yesterday. And I mean, let's look at the table very briefly uh, because the table now looks much, much better uh, this morning, Eric, than it did, I don't know, 24 hours ago before these games were played because Reading, with their win yesterday, now move up to 39 points after the two-point deduction in midweek and 39 points now puts us in 16th place because nearly no other team won yesterday in the bottom 10 i think in fact we might have been the only team to win in the bottom half except for fleetwood yeah it was um the, the table the, the results definitely went our way i think charlton winning at one point ended up drawing burton drew cambridge shrewsbury Port Vale all lost so t- the results went our way obviously we had to take care of our result first but we now have a five-point gap to the bottom places. Cheltenham are on 34 points. They have a couple of games in hand, but in their form, Cheltenham and Port Vale, who says they're going to win those games in hand? So there's a five-point gap, which gives us a little bit of breathing space. And we have two 
uh, winnable home games coming up. We have an away game at Derby, which is is obviously difficult. But we have home versus Wickham next week. Wickham are on quite a bad run. They've lost three out of their last five, lost again yesterday. Uh, and they've got to come to the SCL. And then we have um, Cambridge, who are on even more of a, a worse run. They've lost four straight games and looked really unconvincing, according to my friend who's a Cambridge fan. Um, so two winnable games at home coming up. And yeah, five points to the bottom four. It all looks a little bit more positive. So we'll see how much, how many points the EFL decide to take off us this week. And then we'll make up for it next weekend. People might look at games in hand of the, you know, the teams below us, but when you're down there, it, may, it really means nothing. It, you know, I think, you know, Cheltenham, you know, they've been, they've, they've been good, but, you know, they're averaging a point a game, you know, like, likewise with Port Vale, un, averaging under less than a point a game, you know, for them to win both games, it's just, if they do, it's kind of a freakish kind of run like Huddersfield had last year. I don't think you're going to see that very often. Um, but, you know, it's, 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 it's a lot nicer. It's nice. It's nice being above, you know, the likes of Burton, Cambridge and Shrewsbury because I think they that's are the main bad. thing, really, isn't it? It's that yeah. even even if Cheltenham and Port Vale suddenly, you know, turn it around and, and they win both their games in hand and, and Cheltenham are above us and Port Vale are just a point behind us. Well, we're still not in the relegation zone because Burton, Charlton, Cambridge and Shrewsbury are all in between us now. Mm-hmm. And it, it just means that we're we're kind of heading that pack rather than chasing that pack all of a sudden. It's all about points on the board at this stage. Points on the board, the sooner the better. And we have that five-point cushion, um, which is is really nice. And we need to take advantage. But if if we average one point a game until the end of the season, we end on 49, which is close to that magic limit of 50. No side has ever been relegated with 50, I don't think. I think one has, and that's it. One, maybe. I think maybe Peterborough got... Oh, maybe that was the championship, so... Yeah. Different. So if we if we average one point a game, I, I'm hoping we could do better. Our form since the turn of the year suggests that we will do better. And we are playing a few of these sides like Burton, like Cambridge coming up who are struggling. Um, so let's let's hope we can take advantage and, and be safe way before the end of the season. I think the players have got the confidence though, right, moving forwards. I like I think I think they generally believe that, you know, that they should be, you know, mid 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 table, kind of upper mid table team at this point. I think they're they're doing more than enough to kind of prove that with the performances they're they're putting in the results they're getting, they've become a very hard to beat team. Um, you know, you take the kind of um, Shrewsbury game out of it, which was kind of a bit of an anomaly when you look at some of the goals that kind of went in um, and how Shrewsbury actually played and how we played that game. Um, you know, I think the the players have every right to kind of be confident moving into this run. You know, you're playing the some some of the some of the lesser teams. In the division, you know the Cambridges and Burtons, like you say, Eric. There's there's no reason why they can't do kind of similar to what they've done to Carlisle. You know, I think Carl, when Carlisle played Burton last week, I mean, Alex, they um, chap that you mentioned it on the um, preview, one of the worst teams they've they've played this year, and that's Carlisle saying that. I remember when they came to the Medeski, they were shocking. They had two or three shots all game. Um, I know now I've said that, I've probably tempted... Let's to not get ahead of ourselves too much. There's but... <laughs> <laughs> still 10 games to go. I don't want, Nobody wants to jinx anything just yet. But I think, yeah, we've got to be looking upwards at this point rather than downwards, certainly. Um, I, I did ask for some questions. I appreciate that was probably only like an hour ago that I asked for questions. So I'm just going to kind of throw some in. One question that we had from uh, Pippa was, is this team one of the most likable that we've had in the last few years. And I'm going to kind of like 
preface it with some of the quotes that we saw from the post-match stuff, uh, particularly from uh, Ruben Sellers and, and Harvey Nibs. Um, Ruben Sellers, one of his quotes was, yesterday we arrived at the hotel and some fans approached us sharing their views. This morning I was with a couple of technical staff having a coffee in the hotel and fans from Reading were sitting with us, cheering us and supporting. I think it's very rare to find a team which is sitting in the bottom, well, they were in the bottom four of the table, and fans coming up to their manager and their staff pre-game, basically, you know, cheering them on, right, Eric? Yeah, it's fantastic. And I think there's a couple of factors here, right? One is the circumstances, all the points deductions. We've all, it's it's kind of united us as a team plus fan base because we're we're fighting the authorities. So I think that's a factor. But also you can really see that they're working for the shirt, playing for the team. Um, you can see what Sellers is trying to do. You can see that he's improving the the the, the, the squad and improving results. So all those factors means that, yeah, it probably is one of the more likeable squads we've had for a long time. If you take out the two sides that won promotion, you know, beyond that, you would say maybe the team understand they got to the playoff final, but that wasn't necessarily full of super likeable characters. Um, and yeah, you, you, you have, um, um, a, a team now, which I think because of the circumstances, we're all feeling quite united the team and the fan base, which is really nice. I think one of the things that really helps Matt, like Eric's saying, is obviously the, the team and the squad and the fans are very united behind one, like one goal as it were. And, um, Sellers mentioned that the, videos which were shared on social media over the last couple of days about the fact that you know there's videos which kind of show reading values and team values and how hard that everyone is working to achieve the same goals um and that he showed the players and he thinks that was the right thing to do to kind of show them that you know people are behind them and i feel like the fans and the team everybody is in the same lockstep there is a very kind of like obvious goal for everybody and everybody is working in the same same way and, and wants the same outcome it's it's something that we've been kind of i guess devoid of for, for for years when you look at it and i saw a tweet i think it was from greg greg double on on twitter yesterday you know the, the team last year could have done the exact same with the points deductions with the hardship they kind of faced um last year but they but but they didn't you know they they were too focused on their CVs and that this team you've got, you know, likes of Smith and Nibs, um, good teammates, good friends seemingly from from previous teams. The team has just seemingly gelled so well. And I mean, maybe maybe it's the man management of of Sellers. You know, I don't think the contrast could be, you know, even greater kind of compared to, you know, the Paul Ince era. It's just complete polar opposites of the man management that Sellers brings and kind of even the way he talks about kind of the team in his press conferences, you know, calling it, calling the team his boys and, you know, everything on that side is tiny things. But it's one of the things look- that you notice when we win games is that when we win games, obviously the teams come over, particularly to like the away end um, or, you know, at the end of home games and they come over to like the corner between the East Stand and 1871. Ruben never ever has come over and taken centre stage even when fans are cheering his name first thing he's doing is pointing at the rest of the the rest of the squad and the rest of the staff he never takes credit for their achievements as it were I think you know like people say that the team get it but 
I think a lot of that comes from the management, right? You know, you look at you look at what Sellers has done and kind of the the mentality he's kind of instilled. He's never kind of wavered. You know, yes, he had the the wobbles at the start of the season when nothing really seemed to be going right for 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 the team. You know, even when we were playing well, there were clangers, there were you know defensive errors, there were mistakes, and it just would never just go right. You know, you were just looking at it, and just thinking how how could how could it be going so wrong, you know, in, in, in that situation, but he's, he's to keep a group together and as united from that position, you know, when you, when you think of the lows of Northampton away, Leighton Orient away, Shrewsbury away to come back from that, to have a group so united still, it's got to have come from the manager. You know, you've got to give massive credit to the players, but you know, I mean, I mean, Eric, with, with, with the players you've got there, they, they, they're just, yeah, like yeah, I, was just, <clears throat> I was just going to say, like credit to the manager was the point you just made. The fact that the manager was even willing to show the those videos that were fan made to the players for that motivation, and I think there was a quote, was it from Nibs that said that was all the motivation they needed. Um, that that's absolutely fantastic, right? It's, it's it's clever. It's it's uniting the fan base. It's showing that the fans are back in the team, and it's it's working at the moment. So just fingers crossed now that we 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 do stay up and. Uh, and we get a new owner at some stage because then we actually have a platform to build on with this team and this group of players. One okay, one last thing, just quickly on that is that they just look like they're having fun as well. We've said it a couple of times, but but after games, you know, it's easy just just, just to go around applause, you know, look happy and that. But you've got you've got Mbenge and Nibs, you know, dancing, doing the whatever you call the ways, whatever you want to call them, little, little pumps. I don't know what you call them. But they all just seem to be having fun, you know. Actually, we 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 missed it on the on the third goal, and Benga even does a cartwheel over to celebrate with 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 Nibs. It's yeah. Well, what what seeing that? I'm going to have to rewatch the replay. What, what watch it back? It, it might have been from a from a video in the crowd. I saw it. Um, I think it might have been from Tyler Sten, maybe um, that, that 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 I saw it. And it's just fun, you know. And it's so much easier to get behind a team that looks like they're having fun. You know, they're not just you know plastic wooden or just wooden planks or something that are just going through the motions or whatever you want to say that they're actually enjoying it and enjoying each other's company and enjoying the fans company as well which is what it's all about i'm going to ask one more question uh from andrew where are we ranking ruben in terms of reading managers am i getting carried away suggesting he's the best boss we've had since mcdermott left the first time i'm going to answer this one first yes you are a little bit andrew Based on the yeah. fact that we've won a couple of games, he's not suddenly the best manager we've had in the last 10 years. We are still League One and we are still 15th. We have to put a little bit of a cap on realism where we are, you know, even without the points deductions, I think we'll be 13th. It like we are we can't get too carried away. He's very likable. I think that's the main thing, right? Undoubtedly, he's doing likeable. a great job under really difficult circumstances. That that that's no question whatsoever. But yeah, to rank him up there like with other Reading managers, it's super difficult because obviously each of those Reading managers have been dealt a different hand in terms of budget, players, squad, existing you know things. So difficult. But yeah, I, I, undoubtedly, Ruben Sellers is doing an incredible job under what is absolutely ridiculous circumstances. Keeps losing players, finds a way to replace them, keeps um, having points deductions, but is finding ways to get results. Uh, along with what Matt just called out, which is the team look like they're having fun. The team spirit looks great. He's connected the fans with with the team. 
So brilliant. And for now, you can't criticize Ruben Sellers too much. Matt. Just one thing, just 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 to wrap up as kind of like I'd almost just say just just enjoy this team and just just, just try and enjoy the the moments that they're going through at the moment. You know, we've had so many years of dross and kind of disconnect between fans and players and staff just enjoy what we've got at the moment don't 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 keep looking back and thinking and comparing to you know managers of yesteryears just enjoy what we've got at the moment get back down to the stadium back the team go to the away games hopefully you know we've had some really good away followings this year hopefully a lot of people are kind of actually realizing what or, or not realize but remembering what following reading away is about you know, it's like when we're at the services, Alex, and you just spot you spot a couple of other Reading fans there. And it's just nice having those interactions and stuff and just seeing people just go go back down to the stadium, go to away games and just enjoy it. You know, back the team to, to the hills. We can hopefully come through this season, you know, get safety and then just look look to build from there. But just just enjoy it. Don't don't keep comparing with with people of yesteryears. Just just enjoy what we've got at the moment and, you know, the moment that they're in. I think that's a very nice place to end it. Got Cambridge next weekend, Eric. And Wickham. Wickham, sorry. Yeah, Cambridge is in two weeks. But Wickham next weekend at home. Another big game because we can overtake Wickham if we beat them. And I won't ask for a score prediction because it's a week away. But it is a good thing that it's a week away because we don't have a midweek game. I think we've only got one midweek game this month, actually, which is nice. and Should, uh, should allow for the players to get a little bit of rest into their legs. Yeah, and what, what, what I would urge is to watch the preview pod that we're coming out on the Wickham score predictions. Very good. I was just about to uh, put that in there, but I don't need to now, so that's excellent. We'll be back with that on Thursday, and then we'll be back with a review of the Wickham game on Sunday next week. Until then, have an excellent week, and up the ding. <laughs>